0: Welcome to yet another episode of Game of Thrones abridged on Alt Swift X, the only show where you can learn about glass thickness in medieval times. You can learn about keratin and horns and nails. You can learn. You can learn. Oh, you can learn about alliteration and assonance. I I've got to make a retraction uh, on that one, because I spread some filthy mistruths about the nature of alliteration and assonance. The, the, the truth is that, yes, alliteration is starting words with the same sound in a sentence. I just did it then. Same, same, spitting same sounds in a sentence, slowly, swiftly, whichever way is swifty. That's alliteration. Uh, Assonance, on the other hand, is repeating the same vowel sound in a resounding bound, loudly, or or roundly, whichever's more profound. That's assonance. It's repeating. It's repeating the vowel sound, and I, and I believe consonance. Consonance is quickly cutting carrots. C- cacophonously no well that's alliteration as well but 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 consonants consonants can be an attack of crazy crabs uh or I'm not sure so sure about consonants. You'll correct me on consonants, but uh, assonance is the sounds. Let's let's do this. So Daenerys Four is a chapter in a book called Game of Thrones. You might have heard of it. It's got swords and dragons and tits and, um, and a pretty good story and pretty good characters. That's why we read A Game of Thrones. This chapter is about Daenerys going to the city of Vaes Dothrak. Da- da- Daenerys, the Khaleesi of the Dothraki in the Great Grass Sea. Assonance. Uh and so 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 so. Daenerys is passing through the Horse Gate, which is the gate that is the way to Veze Dothrak. Uh, it is the entryway to the city of the Dothraki, the sacred city of the Dothraki, uh, and. And so there are these great bronze horses touching hooves in an archway, uh, and they did they did represent that in the show, which was nice. But what they didn't represent in the show was the actual cool bit of of the horse gate, which is the gods' way. B- beyond the horse gate, beyond the statue of the big horses, there are all these statues and idols and monoliths, which are representations of gods and heroes and statesmen and kings. From all of the civilizations that the Dothraki have conquered and plundered, the Dothraki have broken the gods of their enemies and dragged them to line the road to their own sacred city. Which is pretty fucking dope, there's a description in here of all the different strange gods and creatures that the Dothraki have captured. Stolen heroes, plundered gods, the forgotten deities of dead cities. There are all these creatures—griffins and manticores and beasts that Danny couldn't name—and even some statues and creatures that are so misshapen and terrible that Danny can scarcely bear to look at them. And Jorah says that they must come—must have come from the Shadowlands beyond the Shai Kalisi. So that maybe they're some kind of Lovecraftian Deep Ones, kind of nasty, nasty stuff. Don't know. But that's 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 pretty sick, all the different gods. It would have been good if they represented that in um in the show. In the show what they did have was in the um in the house of black and white they did have the representations of a bunch of different gods uh in, in, in the room with the pool, uh, which which was nice to have. Um but I do think the gods way is cooler. But anyway, so Danny is going into the CD of A's Dothrak, uh, and Viserys is there, and Jorah is there. Uh, and Viserys recently has been suffering the mockery of the Dothraki because he was uh, prevented from getting to ride a horse after his outburst at Dany. uh and so the Dothraki have been mocking him over that. Uh, they've been calling him the Cart King and the and the Sawfoot King. He's got a lot of mocking titles. I mean, he's called the Beggar King widely in Essos from his time in the Free Cities. Um, all of his mocking nicknames include his kingship, of course, because that really is the sore point with Viserys. He defines himself as a king, and so everyone else defines him as a shit king, uh, which is probably the most effective way to get under his skin. Uh, And so Daenerys uh, has convinced Drogo to allow uh, Viserys to... um, to ride a cart instead of instead of having to walk all the time, and Viserys interprets this as as, as an honor and an apology. When in actual fact, it's a further mockery, because of course the you only respect men who ride a horse. If you ride a cart, that's like an admission of weakness. Though Viserys interprets it as an honor. Daenerys convinces Drogo not to tell Viserys uh, that he's actually being mocked by sitting in the cart. Um, and the way Daenerys convinces Drogo is with much pleading and with and with the pillow tricks Doria had taught her all of the all of the all of the Cosmo sex tips the Dothraki Cosmo magazine sex tips that Danny got from Doria, uh, and this has managed to convince Drogo to change his behaviour, uh, which is an important reminder that 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 politics and policy uh, coming from political leaders in Game of Thrones. Uh, can can be influenced not only by diplomacy and discussion with council, but also by pleading and pillow tricks. Never underestimate the influence of a pillow trick here. And I wonder if the pillow, do yeah, no, the Dothraki do the? You know they would have pillows, wouldn't they? I imagine they'd be quite uncomfortable pillows, though, wouldn't they? I mean, I hope they're not made of horsehair like bloody everything else in Dothraki culture. Do they have pillow? feather pillows in the Dothraki? I don't- I doubt it. They don't have geese. I suppose they have birds. Could you make a feather pillow out of, like, eagle feathers? They did mention some eagles. I'm- I'm just a bit sceptical about the comfort of Dothraki, uh, uh, bed- bed things, but I'm sure they can work something out. Uh, and so they- they pass through the God's Way and they come towards- uh, and they comes towards the city and Viserys is not impressed by all the trashed gods and all of the and all of the horse statues and all of the wonders of the entryway to Valdorath he he says that ah these dothraki are just stupid savages all they know is how to steal the things that better men have built and doesn't that remind you of Viserys Viserys is someone who 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 stakes a claim on the dynasty of Westeros, something that he had nothing to do with building. And everything Viserys has is stuff that has been given to him by people like Willem Darryd, but by people like Elyra Mepatis. Viserys is exactly the thing he criticises, which I think is a recurring theme in this, in this story. Tywin Lannister is another person who I think uh, embodies the things that he criticises. Uh, he's often criticising... Uh, Tyrian for for having whores, and of course we later find that, Tyr- that Tywin has been bedding Shay, Tyrion's own whore, and uh, and Tywin, uh, Tywin, it sort of likes to portray himself as this cold, calculating, rational actor, um, but I th- and he often criticises others for being temperamental and emotional. But I think uh, there are times when Tywin betrays his own pettiness, um, like in perhaps his relationship with Ares and with perhaps the. Defiance of Duskendale, but that's a topic for another time. So they're riding into Vaes Dothrak, uh, and part of the reason they're coming here is to present Khaleesi Daenerys to the Dosh Khaleen, the crones of Vaes Dothrak, who are like a respected religious cultural authority amongst the Dothraki, and there's to be a prophecy given about the baby in Dany's belly, because of course Dany is pregnant, remember, uh, at the ripe young age of of fourteen or whatever she is currently, what's th- what's the death rate of of fourteen year olds giving birth? It must be pretty high, I would imagine. Uh, but the Dothraki don't care. Uh, and uh, and Viserys is complaining once more about how oh he wants Drogo to give him his army as was promised. I want a golden crown, blah blah blah. As we know, Viserys will get his golden crown soon enough. Uh, and then Viserys notices a statue, a stolen god statue, of an obscene likeness of a woman with six breasts and a ferret's head. And so Viserys rides off to inspect it more closely. Because Viserys is a scientist and an investigator at at, at heart, I think. He needs to get to the bottom of this ferret monstrosity. Uh, and so... And then Daenerys is trying to defend... Viserys she's saying like oh well you know Drogo I mean the Dothraki they better keep their promise and and give Viserys his army uh, as Viserys wants uh, so that he can you know he can sweep the seven kingdoms with with 10,000 Dothraki riders and then Jorah says oh, fucking Viserys he couldn't sweep a stable with 10,000 brooms which I think is is a hercules thing, isn't it? I think one of the tasks, the trials of Hercules was to sweep out a, a stable that was that was full of shit. Uh and the way he did it was he diverted a river into the stable, which I think is kind of cheating. Uh but most of the Greek myths ultimately <laughs> come down to cheating, don't they? Uh and so anyway, so so Jorah is saying, well, yeah, I mean Drogo could give Viserys uh, an army of Dothraki, but then again, Viserys is an incompetent fool, and Danny is like, "Huh? Yeah, you're right." But if he wasn't, if if someone not not to name any Daeneryses, but if if someone was to attack Westeros with a bunch of Dothraki, do you think they'd succeed? And so Jorah thinks about how, well, well you know, the Knights of the Seven Kingdoms are pretty are pretty good, but but the Dothraki are also pretty powerful in the way that they can ride. They've got so much mobility. They can fight fire arrows from horseback and all this, so yeah, they might actually give us some trouble if the Dothraki invaded Westeros. And Danny's like, hmm, and files that away for later reference, because of course it'll probably be Daenerys who ends up invading Westeros with Dothraki and a bunch of others. Uh, and and then Jorah's like, but, you know, that's that, that's never going to have to happen, because the, 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 the Westerosi will, will be smart about it, and they'll use diplomatic means to prevent the Dothraki invading, and, you know, they'll just sit in their castles if they have to. So, you know, as long as the Lords of the Seven Kingdoms, as long as they have the wit the gods gave a goose, it will never come to that. Now, what we learn in Feast is that the Lords of the Seven Kingdoms do not have the wits the gods gave a goose, at least not the men on the Seven on the small council that Cersei assembles. Uh, so maybe the Dothraki would have a fighting chance. Uh and then and then Jorah also makes another interesting observation. He says that Robert Baratheon should have been born a Dothraki. So he sort of thinks about how Robert's values in terms of bravery and courage and fighting and hitting things good is quite closely aligned to the Dothraki philosophy of fighting and hitting things good, which is an interesting comparison. Imagine if imagine if Robert was a Karl. Imagine if Robert was born a Dothraki and he was like Carl Drogo when he was his warlord. Do you think he would have conquered the entire Great Grass Sea and taken all the cities and and been the greatest Dothraki? Do you think do you think Robert Baratheon could have been the stallion who mounts the world? I think he did have a fighting chance. Uh but uh, some of the other Lords of Westeros are not of Robert Brathian's nature. So Jorah contrasts Stannis and Tywin and Ned Stark, and he says that he hates Ned Stark. Jorah hates Ned Stark because he blames Stark for taking everything Jorah loved. He's, he's Lordship of Bear Island after Jorah sold those slaves, which is kind of an unfair hate because, you know, Jorah knows well that Ned has to do his job and bring people to justice, but Jorah's bitter about that. So then they come to the city of Vesdothrak, and Vesdothrak is a weird city. It's very large, but there aren't very many buildings. It has no walls, it has no limits. Uh, It's described as ancient, arrogant, and empty. Which is an interesting description for a city. And kind of like the God's Way, the buildings in Vesdothrak are all of totally different architectural styles. There are pyramids, and there are manses made of woven grass, and there are carved stone pavilions, and there are rickety wooden towers. And the reason for all this diversity is because the Dothraki uh, have had the buildings there built by slaves who have come from all over the world, and they've used their various architectural styles, so they've brought them with them to build invades Dothrak. Uh, Which is a sweet idea. Probably doesn't make any sense, though, because I think that, you know, surely when you're building a building of a particular architectural style, you need the materials that are local to the area that you came from. You can't just build a marble pyramid in a place where there is no marble, right? But it's still cool. Uh, and they talk about the crones of Ves Dothrak, who are the only people who live here permanently. Ves Dothrak is mostly empty because it's designed to be able to hold every Dothraki from all over the Great Grass Sea when the day comes that the stallion who mounts the world is born to bind everyone together. Of course, the stallion who mounts the world is supposed to be Danny's son, Rago. Rago is stillborn, or, or graveborn, or there's something terribly wrong with him, and so it may well be Daenerys or Drogo, her dragon, who is the stallion who mounts the world. So when Danny comes back to vase Dothrak, as she does in Game of Thrones Season 6, that'll probably be the occasion that all the Dothraki unite together and come behind Danny to take over the world. That, at least, is the theory. Uh, and they talk about the markets where people all, all over the world come to Ves Dothrak to trade. I don't know why you'd come to Ves Dothrak to trade, g- given that it's full of Dothraki who, you know, I mean, that might be nice within the city of Ves Dothrak, but surely it's dangerous to be going through the Great Grass Sea amongst Dothraki who are happy to take stuff from you, I would think. Maybe that's racist of me. I don't know what the trade agreements are in Vas Dothrak, I suppose, but it seems a weird place to trade. Um... And they talk about how it's illegal to carry a blade in Ves Dothrak, or to shed a free man's blood. The warlike Dothraki are peaceful here. Uh, And there's also a sort of ideology of oneness and unity and peace here. So even Dothraki uh, tribes that have uh, conflicts against each other, they live peacefully amongst one another in Ves Dothrak. One blood, one khalasar, one herd. Uh, and da- Daenerys talks about the concept of Dothraki blood riders, which are like the sworn bodyguard companions of a Karl. And it's similar to the practice of Westerosi Kingsguard, except the Westerosi Kingsguard, Danny notes, are kind of corrupt and useless, as as has been observed by others, because uh, of course Danny's father Ares, was killed by the Kingsguard Jamie Lannister, uh, and so. And so she can trust that to the Dothraki blood riders, who rel- who comparatively are actually very loyal. Uh, the, they're so loyal, in fact, that when a Karl dies, the Karl's blood riders are expected to die with him uh, by avenging his death, or, or I, s- I suppose by suicide, if not to, to follow him joyfully into the grave. Which is a pretty gnarly fucking level of loyalty. Um... So Blood Riders are pretty intense. Uh, and Danny talks about how she thinks that, oh, when, when she comes to rule the Seven Kingdoms, uh, she'll gonna, she's going to institute the practice of Blood Riders in Westeros. She'll, she, she wants her son, the king, when she gives birth to her son to be the king of Westeros, she wants him to have Blood Riders, not Kingsguard, because Blood Riders are loyal. So on the one hand, Daenerys is is exercising some tactical, strategic, political thinking here, thinking, hmm, planning ahead for a future invasion, uh, and thinking about how best to achieve it. On the other hand, she's, you know, displaying a bit of ignorance in terms of, like, cultural politics sort of stuff, because, you know, going to Westeros, if you surround yourself with the trappings of Dothraki culture, if you call your Kingsguard bloodriders, you might have trouble with convincing Westerosi that you are a legitimate Westerosi leader. But this is all stuff that Daenerys learns throughout her arc, as she learns how to be an effective po- po- political leader. Um, and she talks about how Drogo is going off to climb the the Mother of Mountains, which is this big mountain next to a lake in Vesdothrak, a sacred mountain. Uh, and uh, Daenerys goes and takes a bath scalding hot as she likes it because of course Targaryens are apparently somewhat fire resistant not fire resistant heat resistant in the books uh and uh she we have a food description there's fruits and vegetables sweet grass and fire pods melons and pomegranates and plums Uh, and Daenerys is planning to give some gifts to her brother Viserys uh, as a sort of a peace offering after their spat Um, And so she's had clothing made for Viserys. Uh, And it's sort of a mixture of Dothraki and Westerosi imagery. So it's like Dothraki style with leather sandals and a grass belt and a leather vest. But the leather vest is painted with fire-breathing dragons for the Targaryens, which is kind of interesting. It's a combination of Dothraki and Targaryen. Uh, styles, a compromise, which kind of represents what Daenerys is doing. She's sort of taking the best of both worlds of her Targaryen heritage, but also embracing her Dothraki situation. Dany is very good at adapting and combining different sort of symbology, as she sort of attempts to do with the, with the Blood rider and the Kingsguard in her head. So she's she's thinking politically and symbolically in some effective ways, I think. Uh, so she's trying to make a peace offering with Viserys. So she asks uh, one of her handmaidens to bring Viserys, so he, so Danny can give him the gifts. And then he turns up, and he's really angry and mad for no good reason. And he shouts at her and is all pissed off at her. Viserys goes, "No one commands the dragon. I am your king." Blah blah blah. All that usual Viserys shit. He, he's angry because Danny, Danny's handmaiden said that the Khaleesi demands that you come here, and Viserys was like, "You don't demand me. It's some stupid." Viserys bullshit. And then Danny's like, No, look, chill out, because I've got your present. It's all this clothing, this raiment. Raiment is a good word, but all this clothing I've got for you, it's so lovely, check it out. Uh and Viserys is like, What do you think I am? Some Dothraki savage wow, I'm I don't wear grass and leather, blah. and he just goes off on his fucking nut like he does. Uh and and eventually eventually Danny just goes you know what? Fuck it. I've had enough of your bullshit. Uh, she grabs this heavy metal medallion belt that she had that she'd had, had made for Viserys, and she smacks him across the head with it. He was getting—he was—he had grabbed her tightly and looked as though he wanted to hurt her, so it only smacked him around the face with a belt. Which, uh, you know, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm usually not a fan of unnecessarily escalating into violence, but. You know, talk shit, get hit. I think that was the lesson. And Danny teaches it well by fucking opening up some of Viserys' the chick, cutting his face with this medallion belt. And she says, You are the one who forgets himself. Didn't you learn anything in that day in the grass when, when you know, I got you all whipped up for doing the wrong thing? Leave me. I'm the Khaleesi. Get the fuck out of here. And so Viserys stomps off. So the attempted peace offering does not, did not exactly go very well. This represents a schism between Danny and Viserys, which never really quite gets healed. Uh, but it also represents Danny standing up uh, as her own power, as her own authority, and rejecting the bullshit of her brother Viserys. Um, and so Danny sort of sits down, sad and tired, you know, realizing the break that she's made with her brother. Uh, and just sort of says, all right, eh, handmaidens, you, you, you can go eat the food that George so lavishly described. I'll just sit here and cuddle one of my dragon eggs. And she feels herself getting stronger as she holds the dragon egg. There's some mystical connection when she holds the dragon egg, and she can feel her unborn child in her belly kicking when she holds the egg near to her belly, and she thinks, you are the dragon, the true dragon, I know it. And she smiles and dreams of home." Which is an interesting ending. What did she mean by home? Did she mean the house with the red door? Did she mean Westeros? She has been thinking about ruling Westeros a bit lately. Or maybe she thinks of, you know, the Dothraki Sea as her home to some extent now. She certainly seems to be very close to Drogo now, she seems to be much more comfortable with the, with the Dothraki, and she's even embracing some of these Dothraki ideas of some of the prophecy and such that's surrounding her. So, there are interesting things ahead for Daenerys Targaryen, and we will discover more of them soon in future episodes of Ultrawift X. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Cheers.